Hey, how you doing? It's Pastor Jay. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. I pray that this word blesses your spirit, empowers you wherever you are, whether it be your home, your workplace, the gym, or even if you're riding in the car. Look, let's advance the kingdom by spreading this word with whoever you come in contact with. That is my ultimate goal is to spread the kingdom and the message of Jesus Christ. I love you. And once again, here's today's message. Be blessed. Ready, set, go. Ready, set, go. So turn to Matthew chapter 28. And also put a finger there and turn to Mark chapter 16, verse 15. So, so we're going to read Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 first. And then secondly, we're going to read Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and we're going to read that in the NKJV, New King James Version, and the Amplified Classic Version. And so, has everyone had an opportunity to get to Matthew chapter 28, verse 19? If you have, say, I have. If you haven't, say, wait on me. Say, I am wealthy. I am healthy. I am whole. I am thankful. I am grateful. I am at peace. I am worth much. So everybody at everybody at, at Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, if not, you can look at the screen. And this is what it says. It says, now go in my authority and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, this is Jesus talking to the disciples when he was getting ready to send them out. Give you a little context, but those first two words, now go, now go. So let's go to Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And we're going to read it from the New King James Version first and then the Amplified Classic Version. Secondly, is everyone there? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So Mark chapter 16, verse 15, it says this. It says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, to every creature. And he he said to them, now this is after Jesus had, had came back, he had resurrected. And so he had came back to the disciples and he told them, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But let's read this from the Amplified Classic Version because it opens up some things too. And this is what it says. It says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach and publish openly the good news, the gospel, to every creature of the whole human race. And so we want to use for a topic this morning, ready, set, go. Everybody say ready, set, go. So ready, set, go is this. It is an an instruction to begin something, typically some kind of competition. The phrase is commonly used at the beginning of a race to indicate when the competitors can start. So this is primarily heard in the United States. So have you you ever been to a track meet? Everybody everybody ever been to a track meet? We've heard uh, ready, set, go. Have have we already heard that? Have we told Eli? to come up here and say, ready, set, go, he would run around the building, and he would run around so much, it would make you tired. That's how much he would run around. 
But another idiom, so ready, set, go is an idiom, an idiom. And so it's just, it's just a phrase, a phrase. So another idiom for ready, set, go is this. On your mark, get set, go. On your mark, get set, go. On, he's ready to run right now. He already ready to run right now. So on your mark, get set, go. So this leads me to my first key point is this. Being on your mark takes preparation. Being on your mark takes preparation. See, most of the times, as it has, can, can everyone picture in their mind a racing track with me, a running track with me? And you have the lines, you got, um, you got row one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And sometimes um, the runners are staggered, right? Um, because they want everybody to have an equal opportunity to win the race. And so when you're not on your mark, then you are not prepared to advance the kingdom of God. See, a lot of us, we're not on our mark. We're too busy focused on somebody else's mark. And what is your mark? Your mark is your purpose. What is your purpose? What did God create you to do? What is your calling? Now, hear me when I say calling. Calling doesn't necessarily mean what you do inside the church. And we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this in this series that your calling can be in the entertainment sector. Your calling can be in the, in the government sector. Your calling can be in the marketplace. And so we're going to talk about that during this series about you being intentional in your life, being intentional in the marketplace, because a lot of times we're just intentional inside the church. And God is not calling us just to be intentional inside the church. See, God is calling some of you to start businesses. God is calling some of you to start a consulting firm. I don't know who that's for, but God is calling one of you to, to, to consider starting a consulting firm and trust him. But our calling is not necessarily, see, my calling is to teach and preach the word of God. Now, my calling is other things also, um, like entrepreneurship. God has given me the gift of entrepreneurship. God has given me the gift of creativity, not just in this sector, not just in the church sector, but in other sectors as well, like the entertainment sector. How many of you all know that, that I'm, I'm a creative mind, so I, I like movies? Does anybody know what movie just came out this past Friday? Y'all know? The greatest movie, the second greatest movie ever. It was pretty good to me. I don't know why everybody was so, so um, con controversial of the movie. It was pretty good to me. I understood the storyline. But being on your mark takes preparation. And so if being on your mark takes preparation, then that means preparation inspires confidence for you to get set. Preparation inspires confidence for you to get set. See, when you are, see, see, opportunity favors the prepared mind. I want you to always remember that opportunity favors the prepared mind. So if you are prepared mentally, then you can get set physically. See, a lot of us are not, a lot of us are not on our mark, so it's hard for us to get prepared, and we don't have the confidence to do what God created for us to do because we're so busy trying to do what God did not create us to do. And so what happens is when we, when we don't do what God created us to do, then we are sometimes burnt out. How many of you all have ever been burnt out in church or ever been burnt out um, with things? See, when you are not on your mark, then it's easy for you to get burned out. But when you are on your mark, then it's, it, it inspires confidence for you to get set. So, so, so being on your mark takes preparation. 
Preparation inspires confidence for you to get set. And confident, confidence pushes you to go. Confidence pushes you to go. See, when you are prepared, when you, when you have that confidence, then you can go and advance the kingdom of God the way he created for you to, to advance the kingdom of God. See, your calling may not necessarily be preaching or teaching. Your calling may not necessarily be singing. Your calling may not necessarily be working the computer or working uh, the sound system. And I tell y'all, that sound system, that's a calling. That's a calling because that new sound system, I guarantee you, it is so confusing. Pastor Jay actually messed it up one day, so that's not my calling. So I was in the wrong lane, so I didn't have the confidence to set it because I was out of my lane. See, a lot of us are out of our lane and we are asking God, well, God, why don't I have confidence to do this? Because you are out of your lane. So confidence pushes you to go. See, a lot of times the reason why we cannot advance the kingdom of God is because we are out of place. See, if you are out of place, then what, what see, what I've learned is when you are out of place, you not only affect those that are connected to you, you affect yourself, you, af- you affect generations to come because you are out of place. You are out of order. And a lot of us are out of place and out of order. So we're trying to advance the kingdom of God and we're coming up with so we're coming against so much resistance and we're coming against so much um, burnout because we are out of place. We are out of place. So philosophically, hear me. We always talk about advancing the kingdom of God. It sounds good, doesn't it? God created us to advance the kingdom of God. That's what I'm going to do. I'm a kingdom advancer. But then when it comes to it, when it really comes to advancing the kingdom of God, we just sit down and we wonder why. Well, God, why isn't your, king, why isn't your will being done on earth as it is in heaven? It's because you are out of place. And so philosophically, we always talk about advancing the kingdom of God. But practically, we always forget that we are here to advance the kingdom of God. See, advancing the kingdom of God is just not preaching and teaching. It's just not singing. It's just not coming to church. Coming to church is great. But advancing the kingdom of God happens on the outside of these four walls. It happens on the outside of these four walls. And so uh, we have to understand that that we can be intentional in the church all day long. But when we are not intentional outside of the church, then we have people who are watching us and saying, well, what's the purpose of going to church? What's the purpose? What's the purpose of 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 believing in God? What's the purpose of believing in Christ? If you're just going to just talk about it philosophically, see, I want us to move past a philosophical knowing of advancing the kingdom of God to practically advancing the kingdom of God. See, there's an, you have an opportunity every day to advance the kingdom of God. How many, how many of us get lunch every day? Right? How many of us drive through a drive through every day? Not everybody, y'all go in the store, huh? You bring your own lunch. I, I like to go through the drive through because it, it's kind of quick. I bring, we bring our own lunch too, but those weeks we don't bring our own lunch, then we go through the drive through right? Just don't eat. Curbside, man, all of these 21st century uh, luxuries today, curbside, order ahead, go to Chick-fil-A, skip the line, 
But if you are ever in a drive through line, I want to encourage you. I want to inspire you to pay for the person's meal behind you. Bless, bless the person behind you. And I, I've, been do, I've been doing that a lot lately. And I just be, I, I'll, just, I'll, I'll be sitting in my truck and I'll look in my rearview mirror and I'll see the person trying to give a card to, um, to the teller. And they're like, person in front paid for it. And so they're looking like, who is that? Who is that in the black F-150 who just bought my lunch? And, and these don't be little lunches, y'all. These be people, big lunches. And so I'd be thinking like, okay, well, it's going to be like $7. And I'd be like, what's the person's uh, meal behind me? It's like $17.51. I'm like, good gracious, what did they order? So it'd be, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be, I'm telling you, be big orders. I'm like, okay, okay, God, I'm going to be obedient. But bless, be, be, be intentional. Be intentional. Be intentional. God wants us to be intentional. So listen to this. If we are truly going to advance the kingdom of God, we will have to resign to the fact of just talking about it and actually be about it. See, we're going to have to resign to that idea of just, okay, I'm just going to talk about advancing the kingdom of God. It sounds good. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. But God is calling us to be about it. See, your words mean nothing if your actions don't validate them. Your words mean nothing if your actions don't validate them. So I can say all day I'm advancing the kingdom of God, but if my actions don't line up with what my words are saying, then my words are not invalidated and my words are invalid. And so God wants us to make sure that we are speaking life and we're also being life to those that we are connected to, too. Listen to this quote from Dale Carnegie. He says this. He says, in action breathes doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit home and think about it. Go out and get busy. See, a lot of us, we are, we, we are filled with doubt and fear. We're filled with inaction. And we understand that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And so that means that God doesn't just want us to just sit home and twiddle our fingers and just talk about him. God wants us to be about him. God wants us to be, because listen to this, you may be the only Jesus that people see. And so if you are a bad representation of Jesus, then what makes people want to be a part of the kingdom? What makes people want to advance the kingdom? What makes people want to come to NBCC if you're mean to people, if you're rude to people, if you're talking about people all the time? See, what 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 makes people want to do that if you if your action if your actions are not lining up with your words? See, you are just talking a bunch of air. You're just you're just talking, as younger people say, out the side of your neck. You're just talking. And so God wants us to move from talking to being. God wants us to be about action. He wants us to be about action. See, love is an action. Love is see, I can I can say I love you all day. But if my actions don't show it, then how do you know that I love you? You don't because your 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 words and your actions have to line up in order for them to connect in my spirit. So let's go back to Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Let's go back to Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And this is what it says. And he said to them, go into all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. 
And so the word go here, the word go here speaks of what action and not inaction. See, Christ didn't say, all right, um, just 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 sit on your couch all day. And the world will come to you. Just just chill all day, just scroll on Facebook, just scroll on Instagram, just do a few double taps on things and, you know, just watch a few TV shows and read a little, read a little bit of a book and read a little bit of my Bible. No, he says, go into all the world. So that means that we have to be intentional because go is an intention. Go is an intention. So advance speaks of action and not action. And so what is advance? Advance is this. It speaks of moving forward in a purposeful way. It means moving forward in a purposeful way. How many of you all ever played the Monopoly game, right? Everybody here played the Monopoly game, right? And so if you look at the Monopoly board, right, you have the little cities. I mean, you have, like, the little um, boardwalk, the states. You have, um, like, boardwalk and um, railroads and all of that. But at the beginning, there's one that says what? Go, go, go. And so God is calling us to go into all the world. Not just go into the church. He's calling us to go into all the world. And so let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. The media team, did y'all cut my time? I really got that much time left? Man. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. I got about 10 more pages of notes. No, I don't have 10 more pages of notes. Not today, not today. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says this, And for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every room that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race. See, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon with passion and determination. For the path has already been marked out before us. And so if we are going to advance the kingdom of God, it will take action and not inaction. If we're going to advance the kingdom of God, it will take us being intentional in our life. It's going to take us being intentional in our jobs. And it's going to take us being intentional in our marketplace. See, God did not just place you on that job just for you to work at that job, just to work there get your retirement, and go home. No, God placed you on that job to be a light because there are people watching you that need to see Christ in action. There are people watching you that need to see love in action. But if you're mean to the clients, if you're mean to the customers, if you're mean to your coworkers, then is that really showing Christ in action? Is that really showing Christ in love? Is that really being intentional? Is that really advancing the kingdom of God? No, it's not. And so when a runner is running a race, look, listen, they look forward to the prize. So, so if I'm a runner and I'm running a race, then my, my attention is forward. But if, if, see, a lot of us in church, see, our attention is backwards. We're, we're looking at the past. And the more we look at the past, 
Now I get honoring the I get honoring your history, I get honoring your past, but but a runner has to focus on moving forward. He has to focus on moving forward because if he focuses on who's behind him, then eventually he's gonna slow down because he's focused on the wrong thing. But when a when a runner is focused on the prize and moving forward, then he can he can focus on that. Have you ever seen have you ever seen a dog race? Has you ever seen a little rabbit? You ever seen the rabbit, um, the dogs chasing the rabbit? So when they, so so basically, what happens is, let me just break it down. So there's a bunch of dogs, greyhound dogs, right? They're racing, and so they're what what are they chasing? They are chasing a robotic rabbit going around the side. And so a lot of times, what we're doing is, if we're not focused on Christ, and we're focused on the wrong things then we become stagnant in our purpose. And God does not want us to be stagnant in our purpose. And so the reason why it is so hard for some of us, and I said this, to advance the kingdom of God is because we're too busy looking at the past. We're too busy looking at the past. What did I do in the past? What happened in the past? How did I live in the past? What did we do in the past? And God is, God is calling us to advance the kingdom of God. God is calling us to move forward. So go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 through 16. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 through 16. And this is, and I, and I believe it is important for us to focus on what God wants us to focus on, which is going into the whole world and advancing the kingdom of God, spreading the gospel, allowing your life to be a uh, living epistle so people can say, wow, there's something about them that I want to connect with. There's some, see, see, there's people watching you to say, well, see, see, there is evolution and growth, right? And so have you ever been in a friendship and you have grown, but that friend hasn't grown? You ever been in a, in a, in a relationship, a friendship like that? See, that is the evolution of growth. And when you grow, and the person does not grow with you, then that is a sign that you need to say, hey, look, we got to sever this friendship. We got to sever this relationship because people will always see when you don't grow and they don't grow. People will always like you where you are. But when you grow, see, it's going to cause it's going to cause some pain because there's pain and growth. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that. That's not in my notes, but we're going to talk about that in a series that I've been working on for a few years now. So Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 through 16, it says this. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So let all who are fully mature have this same passion. And if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will, will reveal it to them. And let us all advance together to reach this victory prize, following one path with one passion. And so did you hear what the writer says here? It says, and let us at all advance together 
to reach this victory prize following one path with one passion. See, God has gifted each one of us with a specific gift to advance the kingdom of God. But it's going to take focus. It's going to take it's going to take discipline. That's almost like a curse word in the church. Discipline It's almost like beep. when I say discipline, that's what it sounds like to some people. Beep. Discipline. What? I don't want to be disciplined. I want to do it my own way. I got it figured out. I want to do it like this. I want to do it like that. But the scripture says, and let us all advance together to reach this victory prize following one path with one passion. And so truly advancing the kingdom kingdom of God takes you from talking to being. Truly advancing the kingdom of God takes you from talking to being. See, religion teaches you behavior modification, right? If I just fix my behavior. If I just fix this behavior, if I just if I just fix what I say, if I just fix um, this behavior on the outside, then I'll be good. That's what religion teaches you. Religion teaches you behavior modification, like talking churchy. So when you talk churchy, you got all the church colloquialisms down. You got all the churchy on this down. You know what to say, when to say it, you know how to say it, you know how to hold your hand when you say it. And so talking churchy is a behavior modification. But kingdom, hear me, but kingdom teaches you being modification, like transforming how you think. See, if we're going to really advance the kingdom of God, we got to transform how we think. We have to transform how we think because if we never transform how we think, then we can never truly advance the kingdom of God because if we're always just thinking about behavior modification, let me let me modify my behavior in this certain area, instead of being who God created you to be through the renewing of your mind, then you will always, you, you will never be able to advance the kingdom of God. So there is a difference. There's a difference between behavior modification and being modification. See, when you truly understand who you are and why God created you, it will fill your being and cause you to act from that being. See, God wants us to act from who he already created us to be. A lot of times we're acting from the flesh instead of acting from who God created us to be. So when we act from who God created us to be, then that's when we have power. Because when we act from who God created us to be, we're not trying to act from who God created someone else to be. See, jealousy is this. Jealousy is just saying, I don't necessarily want what you have, but I don't, I don't want what you I don't want what you have to have it. That's what jealousy is. And see, a lot of times in church, people operate in jealousy. They don't want people to have a certain anointing. Well, I don't want them to have that anointing. I don't want them to be like this. I don't want them to, I want them to be just how I created them to be in my mind. But our worth is not determined by what other people think we are. Our worth is determined by who God created us to be. And so when we understand that our worth is, is, is strictly from who God created us to be, what people say to me, it, it, should, it should bounce off my back like, like water on a duck's back because I'm not concerned about what you think about me. I'm not concerned about how you have me in your mind. See, I think a lot of times, <laughs> I, think, I think what's so beautiful about who God created me to be, who God created me and Lady Pilar to be is, and never forget it, um, one fifth Sunday, I don't know if that was last year, 2019, when we was doing the fifth Sunday celebrations with the other churches. So I had on something similar to this, right? 
So the so a guy came up, he dressed in a suit, he's like, Oh, you must be the musician. I said, Yeah, you you a real good musician. I could tell by just how you dress. You you the musician. And so I ain't say nothing. I was just like, Hey, how you doing, sir? Good to see you. Thanks for coming to NBCC. We're glad you're here. All of that, you know, all of that good stuff. We come in and uh I open up. And so he comes back later and says, like, oh, man, I did not know you was the lead pastor of the church. I apologize. See, I believe that God has gifted you all with such a pastor who's going to break the traditional norm. Because that traditional norm sometimes can keep your mind bound. And so I believe that God is calling us to break the traditional norms of how we see certain things. You know, because when we do, because, see, when Jesus came, they were expecting Jesus to come looking a certain way. They were expecting Jesus to come talking a certain way. They were expecting Jesus to come act a certain and act a certain way. But they had read about Jesus all throughout the scripture, but they still had this preconceived idea of who they thought Jesus was going to be. Then when Jesus came, he shattered their paradigms because he was not like who they thought they were going to be. And so the Pharisees was like, okay, well, he's going to be just like us. So the Sadducees thought, oh, he's going to be just like us. But no, Jesus came and shattered the norm. See, God is calling you to shatter the norm. See, when you shatter the norm and you do it in a, with a pure motive now, hear me, hear me, with a pure motive, with clear motives, with a clean heart, then you have the ability to help transform people's lives. And see, God is calling us to break the norms here at NBCC. We're not going to be a church that just comes to church just to be at a church no, we're going to break the norms here because that's who God created me to be, and that's who God created we to be. So let's go to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, because listen, there is a difference between behavior modification and being modification. There's a difference. There's a difference. See, when I change my behavior for a moment, I can always change back to that same behavior. But when I change my being, my mind is revolutionized and I cannot change back to that what I used to be. For example, when a butterfly, when a caterpillar becomes a butterfly, their being is changed. They're no longer. See, you can you can operate. See, if you want to, you can operate with a caterpillar mindset and crawl to get places. But what if God is calling you to fly? What if God is calling you to soar? What if God is calling you to 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 see things from a different perspective. See, a lot of times we want to just stay with the with the with the low perspective. Let me just stay looking at this low perspective. It's good. It feels good. But when a butterfly change when a caterpillar goes into the cocoon and he changes, then his perspective changes. See, God wants your perspective to change about advancing the kingdom of God. He just don't want you to talk about it. He wants you to what? Be about it. So everybody at Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. And this is what it says. It says, beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourself to God to be his sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all the delights of his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Verse 2, stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you. 
but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. How many of y'all want to live a beautiful life? I want to live a beautiful life. So that's going to take me being inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit. And so that's not behavior modification. See, behavior modification is just surface modification. Well, I can just change how I dress, or I can just change um, my makeup in this area, or I can just change how I look in this area, or I can just change, you know, how I respond in this area. But when you are inwardly transformed, then your whole thinking is transformed. See, God wants to change your thinking. He wants to change how you think about who he is. And so we have to understand that advancing the kingdom of God is something bigger than us. See, when, when you just have this, this mentality of, okay, it's all about me, it's only about me, it's always been about me, and it will always be about me, then you miss God because you, you are operating out of a small mindset. See, advancing the kingdom of God is something bigger than you. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than we. But if we come on one accord and we say we're going to advance the kingdom of God together as a family, then we can see that bigger purpose expressed here in the world. And so when our being is transformed, we will understand that we will live from that being. See, God wants us to live from that being. So we are not the salt and light of the church. We are not the salt and light of the church. We are the salt and light of the world of the world. See, a lot of times we think we're just the salt and the light of the church. We're just supposed to make the church look good. We're supposed to just, you know, we're supposed to, we're supposed to add flavor to the church. We're supposed to have impact in the church. And that's good. That's great. But we are the salt and the light of the world, of the world. So let's go to Matthew chapter 5. And I'm almost finished. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. I think the media team gave me about 10 minutes today because I only got five minutes left. So Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. I had to add some more time to my uh, timer, you all. Yeah. Add about 30 more minutes. Nah. Nah, I don't know about that. We're getting ready. We're, gonna, we're getting ready to move into multiple services. So I don't know about going an hour and 20 minutes every Sunday. Now, Holy Spirit, if Holy Spirit, you know, takes over, then yeah. He'll give me the energy for the second service, right? So, did y'all hear what I just said? Going into multiple services. Going into multiple services. And I said, Holy Spirit, too, but we'll be going to multiple services. So, get that get that in your mind. Get that in your spirit. We're going to multiple services. Because we're about to experience a harvest that we don't have room enough to receive. So, we got to go to multiple services. Got to go to multiple services. So, everybody at Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. And this is what it says. It says, your lives are like salt among the people. But if you like, but if you like salt become bland, how can your saltiness be restored? Flavorless salt is good for nothing and will be thrown out and trampled on by others. See, a lot of us have become flavorless because we think that we think we're just supposed to come and flavor the church. Let me just throw my flavor on the church like the God just. Like the guy, have y'all seen that meme where the guy was like dropping the dropping the um 
you know, dropping the salt on the on the steak. Yeah. What what's his name? Salt Bay. Look that up. Hashtag Salt Bay. When y'all when y'all get I know everybody in here got a Facebook. So when y'all get a chance, just type in the search bar. Hashtag pound sign for some people. Salt Bay, okay? So you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. You'll see what I'm referring to. But a lot of people in the church have lost their flavor. Because we've tried to we tried to flavor the church and we've we flavored out of place. We're flavored out of place. See, God is calling us to be the salt of the world. And so this is what verse 14 says. Your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who will light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's place where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them and they will give their praise to your father in heaven. And so God is calling us to be a light. God is calling us to be an influence in other people's lives. See, you're not just supposed to be an influence inside the church. You're supposed to be an influence in the world. And so when they see that influence in the world, they're not going to glorify you like, okay, they get the glory. Pastor Jay gets the glory. No, God gets the glory. And so when we take our, see, see, when we understand that the kingdom of God is bigger than us, then we take our mindset off me getting the glory to God getting the glory. You see, when you are focused on you getting the glory, you'll get some glory for a little moment, momentary time. But when you get that criticism, you're going to be like, uh, I don't know if I want this glory. Because the people, we learned this about Jesus, the same people who clap loud for you can be the same people who boo loud for you as well. And so we have to make sure that our motive is right, that our heart is pure, and that God gets the glory and not us get the glory. And so advancing the kingdom of God will require these four things. Advancing the kingdom of God will require these four things. Number one, renewing your mind. See, if you're going to leave, if you're going to live from a being, you're going to live from being instead of behavior modification, it's going to take renewing your mind. And you see that ING on there? That means continuously. Because there's some things that you don't know about in your hidden self that God knows about that he's going to have to bring to the forefront. There's some traumas in your past life that God is going to have to bring to the forefront so that you can say, okay, let me live from being, let me live from love, instead of living from trauma. See, a lot of people in church live from trauma. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. A lot of us live from trauma. We live from trauma of the past. We live from trauma of what someone said to us. We live from trauma of what someone did to us. We live from, we live from that trauma. And our world is painted because of trauma. But when we understand the love of God that he loved us, he loved us so much that he sent his only son for us, and we will allow our lives to be encapsulated, our heart to be encapsulated by that love, we will give that trauma to God. We will cast all our cares upon him because he cares. We will cast all our anxieties upon him because he cares. See, a lot of anxieties because we live from past trauma. And so God wants us to release that trauma. God wants us to release that trauma so we can feel it, so he can feel it with love. And so advancing the kingdom of God will require renewing your mind, number one. Number two, it will take preparation. 
it's going to take preparation because on your mark, if you're not prepared to be on your mark, you cannot experience to get set go. You can't advance the kingdom of God because you're not prepared to advance the kingdom of God. You think you are prepared, but you're not prepared to advance the kingdom of God. So it's going to take renewing your mind, preparation. Number three is that cuss word, discipline. It's going to take discipline. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take discipline in your life. Let, let, let me ask you this. How are you leading yourself? How are you leading yourself? A lot of times, the reason we cannot lead others or we lead others into the ditch is because we're leading ourselves into the ditch. We're leading ourselves into negativity. So how are you leading yourself? Because how you're leading yourself will have a profound effect on how you lead, lead those you are connected to. So it's going to take discipline. It's going to take, take you not watching so much TV sometimes. It's going to take some investments. It's going to take some investments in yourself. So that's going to take discipline. Number four, number four. So number one, renewing your mind. Number two, preparation. Number three, discipline. And number four is this, which we're going to talk about next week. It's going to take intentionality. It's going to take you being intentional. So am I intentional? Am I intentional with my life? Am I intentional with blessing others? Am I intentional with advancing the kingdom? Am I intentional about preparing my mind, renewing my mind? Am I intentional? And so I want you to make sure that you're not just talking about advancing the kingdom of God. I want you to be about advancing the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Let's look from God in prayer. Let's seal this message in prayer. God, we thank you that we will move from a philosophical knowing and a philosophical talking of just advancing the kingdom of God. And we will actually practice advancing the kingdom of God. I thank you, Lord God, for each and every person under the sound of my voice who are in the building who, and who are watching on live stream. We thank you, Lord God, that they will be truly kingdom advances, that they will be intentional in their life, that they will renew their mind, that they will be prepared, that they will live a life of discipline. We thank you that they will be a blessing to others. So, God, we thank you. We love you. We honor you for this message that has just gone forth. We thank you that it has fallen on good ground and it has pricked your people's heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.